0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Big Chill Podcast. This is Episode 19, The Montana Situation. Welcome, everyone, to The Big Chill Podcast. Another exciting week of NFL. A lot of good comebacks again. Another blown Falcons lead. But first, let's say hello to the boys. Sam, the bubble has not burst yet on our hockey bet thanks to the stars we still are alive and correctly picking the series winners i have lightning and six you have lightning and seven game six is today you need a big stars win here
1: i mean i'm still doing this amazing ability of just not looking it up i just completely avoid it to try and eliminate any sort of like knowledge retention or anything so that's what's happened yeah
0: yeah so we really won't go into it too much we can talk about it by probably by the time the next podcast the it should be done so we can discuss a little bit then but um yeah the lightning won game 4 in overtime on a very questionable penalty call and then game 5 the stars came back and won in overtime to push it to a game 6 so really good two overtime games back to back um and now they play again monday night which is unfortunate because they purposely chose not to play sunday because of the nfl are now playing Monday and potentially the best Monday night
2: football game of the year. So they're not going to get much viewership there. That's going to be disappointing for the like one out of five total viewers who t- to decide instead to watch the NFL. Yeah, me included. And that voice you hear is
0: Mr. Eddie Hewitt out in Paris. Still no internet, I see.
2: No, no. Had another two hours on the phone with them this morning. <laughs> uh, they've... <laughs> everyone can breathe a heavy sigh of relief because they have assured me that at the very latest i will have the internet by october 25th 2021 <laughs> yeah this is she she the woman told me this as if i was supposed to be grateful for the, the help that she had provided for me she said don't worry mr hewitt i promise you at the very latest you will have the you will have the internet october 25th For those who are
0: tuning in late, this is now September 28th. So you're looking at another month of no internet.
1: (laughs) Eddie, if I were you, I would honestly go back to her and say just to confirm you do mean 2020. (laughs) All she's done is confirm that there is an October 25th that you'll have internet. (laughs) Well, the thing that worried
2: me, right, is she then put me on hold because I'm trying to pick up this like temporary internet box. that It just will run on 4G um, that they wouldn't give me last time. And supposedly I'm going back tomorrow. And uh, I should hopefully get it. I'm going back to the same store, which is a big risk. Um, Round two. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll see how that one goes. Another lunch break will probably be wasted. But they, in going, um, she put me on hold to try to make, while she was making the appointment for me. And then it just connected to someone else. So I just listening to the whole music for like five minutes. And then all of a sudden this guy was like, oh, hi, orange support. How can I help you? And I was like, oh, this is not a good sign. And uh, I then had to make the appointment with him. He hadn't, there was no, he had no context. Like she hadn't said to this guy, like, Hey, you need to deal with this. And she hadn't moved me on to some other team. And then I said, just so you know, your colleague has promised me the internet by October 25th. Uh, can you take a look at my file and see if that's like a reasonable prediction? And he looked at my file and then <laughs> just said, I can't tell you when you're going to have the internet. <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> so she was just lying. I think <laughs> she just picked a dead, just, she just, what sounds reasonable, like not too close where he'll, you know, think that is right around the corner, but also not too far away that he'll just go elsewhere
1: did you did you get your call back like the 72 hours wasn't it they were always saying oh no they didn't call me no i called (laughs) them this morning that was after the 72 hours had expired oh my days i don't i mean hey credit they're
2: keeping me they are keeping me hanging on like uh the fact that they've managed they've just you know little carrot and stick approach with me and and it's just always just out of reach and uh haven't canceled when, my contract.
1: So. Where, when, will I ever, when will you ever get to the point where this isn't worth the internet?
2: <laughs> I almost, yeah, that's the thing is, uh, that's the thing is I have to at a certain moment, I feel too committed at this point to back out and go for a different provider. Like I have to see this one through. Like I will have the internet from Orange no matter what. I will not, I will not give up. The question is, when do I have to just rethink my entire <laughs> life so that I'm I have to pre- like pretend I'm living in like 1985? That's the question I have to figure out here. Well, those land
0: rollers will come good. Yeah, but imagine if if you do shift to that, then you have to go the opposite way, and then suddenly you've been given internet, and it's as if you've gone back to the future, and That'll you've now jumped into the. And now you're just like, "What is internet? Wow, what is
2: this computer thing?
1: <laughs> yeah. They give him some fifty six k modem.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm probably well, that's the thing right? i'm i if all goes to plan tomorrow and I pick up this four g uh, router, it's the speeds are gonna blow my mind. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna maybe be able to use Netflix, maybe
0: so let's get started on the football very exciting week. Um, not so great, I guess, for my picks from what I've heard, but we'll recap that on Thursday. Uh, I wanted to actually get started and get it right out of the way so we don't have to talk about it anymore. The Giants' defeat at the hands of the 49ers' second string offense and uh, defense.
2: Uh, third string, maybe? Yeah, second
1: string, generous. <laughs>
2: I mean, oh, it's the- a good sign. Like, I put it this way I'm a Niners fan, I read. Like Niners Nation, every day I follow them on (laughs) lots of social media. Such a
0: loser, (laughs) Niners Nation. You can just say (laughs) Niners Fan Site. The fact you said Niners Nation, it's such a loser.
2: Giving it a shout out, you know, maybe they'll send me something for free. But um, I read that, and it's not a good sign when there were people like making plays, or like never heard of that guy. (laughs) Like never, nope, no idea who that guy is.
0: So in that game. Eddie Mullins looked pretty good. Granted, he's playing against potentially the worst secondary in the history of the NFL. Uh, So my cousin messaged me after the game and basically said, oh, man, the Giants, they don't look so good, huh? And I said, well, the issue is they maybe have, in all honesty, four to five people on their starting lineup. That would be a starter somewhere else. And defense-wise, maybe two. So they're playing against one of the worst defenses I've ever seen a team put together, but Mullins looked pretty good. I mean, 25 out of 36, 343 and a touchdown. It's not bad.
2: Yeah, it's a little dink and dunky. That would be my only criticism of him. And I think even when you look back on his um, starts that he got a couple years ago, there's not a lot of deep stuff. So he is kind of a game manager and on a good team like the Niners, that works. Um, but I don't think in the like Jimmy G versus versus Mullins debate, my issue is I don't think you're going to have Mullins in a playoff game and he's going to win the game for you. And even for the biggest Jimmy G doubters, like last year he had several game-winning drives. I don't know. I have zero faith if the Niners are down four with two minutes left and they get the ball back. I, I, I'm not putting faith in Mullins to, to work the way down the field.
0: So you're still going with Jimmy G.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, do you I, know I, that Mullins is the first quarterback to throw for 220 plus yards and nine straight starts since Joe Montana?
2: That's it doesn't you surprise. Like that me random stat. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me in the sense that he's done it. It just surprised me that it surprises me that no one else has done it in the in between those two periods. But that is a good stat. Um yeah, I think I think Jimmy G, it's Jimmy G's job to lose and he needs more time this season. The question mark for the Niners is more, they have lots of outs in the Jimmy G contract and the question is more like, did they get to the end of this year and start thinking about those outs and then think about another quarterback to bring in? Yeah, that to me, I mean, you're going to have to wait and see into what round of the playoffs they lose
0: and that will decide. Has yeah, well, I mean, knowledge.
2: yesterday, although you have to say this, right, you kind of asked me the question a week ago, like, are the Niners done? And yesterday was a pretty good day for them in the sense that the Cardinals lost, the Rams lost, they won, and okay, the Seahawks won, but it still put them right back into the NFC West picture, you know, and yep. so, okay, they've played the Giants and the Jets, so you don't want to go overboard on the fact that they've managed to scrape a couple wins through with a with an injury hit team. But in a way, like we discussed last week, like if they can just keep this going for a few more weeks, while well, players do come back into the fold, obviously not people like Bosa and stuff, but in terms of getting Kittle back and Garoppolo back, um, Debo Samuel back, um, I mean the, the 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 positive for the Niners yesterday was that Ayuk looked really good. I think that was the... yeah.
0: Moment. I told you he was good. Yeah, I said that, that when that we was did the our big preview. Takeaway.
2: Now, the, the other the really worrying sign for the Niners yesterday was the long snapper because that was not a good <laughs> – I don't know what was going on there.
0: Actually, you, brought, you bring up a pretty good point. I wanted to – I just randomly thought of it. The Niners beat the Jets and the Giants in back-to-back weeks. If the Jets and the Giants put together one team, do you think they could be competitive? No. If you really think about it, they don't solve the QB issue because now you're choosing between Darnold and Jones, which is just a lesser of two evils. You still really don't have a great running back. You don't have a great receiving core. Your defense is still awful. Yeah. (laughs) They would maybe win two to three more games than they're going to win individually this year. Oh, so you mean three games. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And who would coach? Who's the better coach? They could both yeah. be fired by the end of the year.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a good point. It's a very valid point. But yeah, no, they wouldn't uh, even. We if should just
0: make the sport. New York football team and the oh, uh, well, we Washington meet, get football get team. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: can
2: One of I understand them call the New York Redskins? Okay, we'll just go right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd love for them just to take the name and the branding. It's already out there; everyone knows it.
0: <laughs> I understand that I mess up. By still calling them the Redskins, but I don't understand why announcers and broadcasters can't understand that it's the Washington football team, similar to how a bunch of soccer clubs have like the Toronto FC and like, um, what's the other one, uh, LA FC, like there's all these clubs that broadcasters just can't wrap their head.
2: Just, just call them Washington. They'll call them like the footballers the yeah. football team it's the red dumbest zone. thing like how red stupid zone is, are you red zone's the worst because you have hansen and he'll be like now we're gonna go get this clip from the football team it's like just say washington yeah right just like, say washington it sounds just like, like you someone would, who doesn't you would...
1: know about it it sounds like someone that doesn't yeah. know about the sport when it's like this football team's gonna do something now
2: well the thing is maybe week one it was kind of a joke and like a little funny point but now we're week three to just give up on it and like just say washington is some people the call them thing. the footballers that's the but, dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life but here's the other thing too is people say just the city name like people will say like oh we're gonna go uh like we're going to go to Mile High State Mile High Stadium now cuz Denver just scored a, like highlight from Denver they don't necessarily always say the Broncos or they'll yeah. be like let's go see what Russell Wilson and Seattle are doing right now like <laughs> they don't like oh my god if i don't say the Seahawks people won't know which Seattle it is
0: <laughs> yeah it's just it it blows my mind that they can't wrap their head around the fact that they're just the Washington football team not Washington football team they're the Washington football. It's so easy to understand. How do they Which not one annoys get this? you?
2: Which one annoys you more there? Them emphasizing that, the Washington football team, or when people do the New York football giants? Oh, the New York football giants is kind of annoying. Like, what do you get that guy I could, who insists, like every time they say it, and you're like, well, the New York football giants, look, like
1: they're going to have a good year this yeah. year.
0: Because there's probably six people still alive that remember the New York baseball giants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was gonna say, is that a thing? Like, why would you ever call them football? Yeah,
0: back in like 1925, when it was the New York Giants baseball team. (laughs) But Eddie, I also brought up the Joe Montana to touch on the Joe Montana news of Sunday. Did you hear that
1: story? No. Yeah, he um, he, um, saved like a child from being kidnapped in like a playpen
0: yeah his his granddaughter so someone broke into their home while they were watching their granddaughter and tried to steal the baby and montana apparently tackled the person ripped the baby back out and like held the person down while the police came
1: i love how you said rip the baby out like it was some sort of like football thing so like he picked the snap and threw the baby yeah, the, the baby, died. The, baby.
2: <laughs> the baby died but you do not get that baby <laughs> Joe Montana's that's, baby. That's disappointing because, like, the only thing 2020 was missing probably was like the new version of the Lindbergh baby. So, <laughs> so like, a, a high-profile celebrity. I mean, calling Joe Montana a high-profile celebrity might be a slight exaggeration in 2020, but a nice uh, missing missing child linked to a famous person could have really pushed just secured 2020's title as the the year of the millennium.
0: The the only downside to that story is that you then read into it and it was a 38 year old woman who tried to steal the baby. So oh, it wow. makes this like Joe Montana like thwarted a kidnapping a little less yeah. heroic because it was probably just this crazy lady that went in to steal the baby and Montana probably just pushed her down
1: <laughs> like do we have any motive from her was she just stealing it did she like no was there a ransom? yeah i don't know a child or... <laughs> I, I,
0: I hope we get more details
1: later on it could make for a good story but really, that's... Um, i like when i read it as well because it was basically um they were saying like he attempted to de-escalate the situation it's like how do you de-escalate someone trying to run away with a child <laughs> excuse Wait. me excuse me oh. do you mind returning the child In fairness, you give me the given... child
0: and i'll give you this doll <laughs> call it even pretty yeah, close it,
2: i'll sign this football for you <laughs> but uh... <laughs> uh... In fairness, given the current climate, Sam, at least he didn't just shoot her. So I mean, we got that going right. If Joe Montana can can rescue his own grandchild without killing someone, then maybe there's him. hope
1: left for 2020. Yeah, <laughs> children, random children. I mean, shot. Okay, there's hope. Left.
2: Now, the the
0: great one would be if someone tried to steal Joe Namath's grandchild. Would Joe Namath even be? sober enough
2: to be drunk. He just signed the baby and then let it go. I wanna kiss you. (laughs) I wanna kiss you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The person's
0: just running away with the baby and he's just like, I wanna kiss you. I wanna
1: kiss you. (laughs) That'd be such a surreal thing.
0: So I would say that could bring us on to the Jets, but I really don't want to discuss the Jets
1: too much. Yeah, what about them? What about them? I mean,
2: we said going into it, right? Sam asked us that question. How big would the spread have to be until we'd consider taking the Jets? We said both us 20? Said, both of us said so approaching 20, right? So we were way off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. they're just terrible. There's nothing more needs to be said about that game. You can't read into how good the, the, the uh, cults are in any way. It's just the Jets are awful.
1: and sam darnold looked oh i i just loved that they were coming out about him saying like that's probably the worst game he's played as a pro it's like that it's amazing how you can find those new heights like most people go on like a trajectory of like improving themselves (laughs) like he seems to be finding ways i mean what was it like like that two pick sixes a red zone interception it was it was crazy awful
2: i did like the the announcers mentioned during the giants niners game that Daniel Jones has only had one NFL game without a turnover. That's a pretty crazy. I mean, I know his career isn't that long yet, but still you would expect that just every once in a while, people just dropped the interceptions you threw just, just through pure luck. Well, that's the issue is
0: it's not, it's not interceptions. It's the stupid fumbles. I think he has the most fumbles through however many games he's played. I think now he's played a full season maybe, or something close. 14 or 16 games he has the second most or he's tied for the first or second most fumbles ever by a quarterback
2: he just can't hold on to the ball he would have played the full season right because his 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 uh first game was when you were in paris a year ago and it was a pretty good game yeah (laughs) Yeah. he got off to a great start so for anyone being super optimistic about joe burrow or any of the other rookie quarterbacks out there they could still turn into daniel jones so
0: maybe a good segue would be to the actual good team in New York, which people don't even realize is the Buffalo Bills.
2: Yeah. I mean, again, we kind of talked about, I think we we all picked the Bills to win this, I think. And so, I mean, it was, it was a weird game because they were in total control and then they just fell apart. And Frank yeah. and I were speaking during the game. I actually think in the end, the fact that they had the game-winning drive to win it, even if they were a little bit lucky maybe on that, that flag on the fourth down that kept the drive alive. It was a little bit weak. Like It probably was uh, like a penalty, but it's still one of those, like on a game-ending play, you probably don't want to see called. Yeah. But the takeaway for them from that still is that you believe even more in Josh Allen and their offense. Because in the same way when I spoke about like the doubt over Mullen, like are you going to have the game-winning drive in you when the pressure's on? That was a huge game for the Bills to just kind of throw down that marker within that division of the fact that they're not going to do the thing that the Bills have done for the last couple of decades, which is lose that game.
0: Yeah, they looked – I mean, that first half, they looked phenomenal. I don't really understand what happened in the second half. The only thing I will say that kind of makes me nervous is their run defense was just non-existent. I mean, the whole game, even in that first half when they were blowing them out, the Rams were still running the ball like crazy. They were getting like 10, 15 yards at a clip. And that really makes me nervous when eventually they're going to have to play the Patriots and the Patriots will exploit the shit out of that. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots just run the ball 85% of the time between Newton and Sonny Michelle, things like that. So that kind of scares me. But yeah, uh, Allen, man, he's he's fun to watch. I, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Phillip Rivers because he's a little kooky. Uh, did you see the one time he had the penalty, oh, he got like his face mask grabbed and he just went ballistic and yelled at the ref so much that he then got an unsportsmanlike conduct for it. It was the one where he fumbled it because um, uh, what's his face, Aaron Donald, uh, like kind of grabbed his face mask or his, his horse collar or something. And he just went ballistic on the official. It's just fun to watch. He's a, uh, he, he's like an, a very like emotional player. So it's, he's, yeah, he's fun. I like, I like watching the bills now. It's crazy. To yeah. Think he that.
2: has, he has the potential to inherit the Phil rivers, uh, throne. He just doesn't have quite the same level of inner rage. And he also doesn't <laughs> have the, like the extreme Christian beliefs, you know, <laughs> like he's not out there having 59 children and stuff. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the weirdest thing to say, though, right? The Bills are legitimately fun to watch. Like, they've been good for a couple of years, but they've been good on the back of just a really good defense, and they haven't actually been enjoyable to watch. Whereas now, I'd put them in the sort of – they're definitely in the top 10 most enjoyable teams. You know, if they're playing a game, like, if they're ever going to be in the – whenever they're going to be in those sort of late afternoon kickoffs and there's only two other games on, they might be the game I want to watch, which is saying a lot.
0: Yeah, that was a great game. Um, and we t- also talked about it, uh, during uh, live that it's, it was a, I think it's going to be a good confidence boost for Josh Allen having that in his back pocket, a big comeback drive win against what looks like a potential playoff team, you know, depending we've talked about how the NFC West ends up, but, uh, a good team nonetheless to have that comeback and, you know, kind of get that confidence boost could really help come playoff time.
2: Yeah. Maybe. Opportunity to flip to from one team that taught us that they kind of have the ability to win in them to the team that's showing us week in, week out that they have the ability to lose in the Falcons. Uh, what was I it this time? A, like
1: a 16 point lead? Was it a 16? Yeah, lead they that?
2: were up 26 10 in the fourth quarter and they calculated, <laughs> they showed several, they kept showing the graphic over and over again during the game, but obviously they had a 98% uh, win prediction, like projection. Uh, a week ago, and they had 99% win projection this week, Uh, and then also they obviously lost in week one, and I think their win projection uh, topped out in week one at 60%, so they've lost games from a 60% chance of winning, a 98% chance of winning, and a 99% chance of winning, which is pretty spectacular. Now here's the stat that really stunned me from that game though. How many points do you think They've given up in the second half of their three games so far. 55.
1: Sam? I'll uh, probably be about early 50, so like
2: 50-51. 74.
1: I mean, <laughs> wow. what are they doing?
2: <laughs> their second half score in yeah. games so far is 74-33.
1: <laughs> wow, that is bad. <laughs> I mean, that's so exciting, right? <laughs> Just to watch. But. Well, this actually... Yeah.
0: I mean, this, I was thinking about it this morning. It's really the difference between a, let's say, good coach, above average good to a great coach, is that first half to second half transition and kind of how you come out in the second half, change your game plans, understand kind of what the opposing team's going to do to change their game plan so you can kind of counter it. Bill Belichick, obviously, is amazing at that. You know, he can go in the first half and then come out the second half and they do a completely, they run a completely different offense, completely different defense. You know, he shifts really well. Dan Quinn, on the other hand, is notorious for having potentially the worst Super Bowl loss in history, you know, losing to the to the Pats in the second half. And now is kind of showing that it must be just how he is as a, as a coach. He's a good coach, but he's obviously not a great coach because he can't adjust in second halves, I mean, this is two straight weeks. And, you know, it's the other one who kind of comes to mind with me for that is Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is a decent coach, but he just gets out-coached at the ends of games week in and week out, especially this week. He put up 21 points in the first half and then just nothing the second half. I mean, they should have beaten the Steelers or kept it much closer than they actually ended up doing. Uh, so, I don't know what you do with a coach like Dan Quinn. I mean, can you can just... Have a coach who is a decent coach but is never going to win those big games is going to blow it at the end? Is that something you want your fans to endure week in and week out? Or do you get rid of them and try someone else?
2: Well, He has to be the first coach fired at this point. I think if you're a Falcons... No, Adam Gase has to be the first coach fired.
0: Yeah, surely Gase. They they said Gase might be gone. If if they lose Thursday night, they say they might fire him Friday morning.
2: (laughs) I would have fired Dan Quinn this morning. So... That's why, I mean. Like, I actually wouldn't have let Dan Quinn go to sleep last night, still thinking he was the Atlanta Falcons head coach. <laughs> you know, I would have been like, Hey, You'll be Dan. an
1: amazing owner. <laughs> <I'd
2: laughs> but like, hey, Dan, I know you're probably a little bit under pressure and you're probably not sleeping that well right now. So I want to relieve some of that pressure and just let you know schedule's clear for a while. You're <laughs> sleeping tomorrow. Don't worry about things. Life's okay. But. I mean, I saw Dan Quinn's now has a losing record since the Super Bowl. So there's that. He went from, you know, nearly winning the Super Bowl, should have winning the Super Bowl, to now a losing record since that moment. The crazy thing, I mean, you're right. The, a good coach, it's all about the adjustments, adjustments they make in game, in particular in the second half. The issue I have with the Falcons and Dan Quinn, it's sometimes not even adjustments. It's as if in the in Latent in games, they just forget that like if you're winning, the clock is your friend, and all you need to do is keep the clock running. Like that's the crate, you'll see them. They get the ball back and it's like, okay, we're up a touchdown with three minutes left. The other team has one timeout. We A need to make sure they burn all their timeouts before they get the ball back. We need to not stupidly blow a timeout ourselves. And we need to basically make sure we're pretty much just running the ball every time and at least getting safe completions to just keep this clock running. And they'll get the ball back. And they you kind of think like, all right, worst case scenario, the other team's getting it back with like 45 seconds. And then all of a sudden the team has the ball back and the Falcons killed like 18 seconds off the clock. You're like, what are you guys doing? Like and they did that in against the the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's what they did. Like they would have yep. I mean that's that stat, right? They would have been better off just taking a knee on every yeah. play yep. in the <laughs> in the second half than on the actual plays that they called. And ma- I mean, maybe that's what they need to do. Maybe that needs to be like late in games or just like, all right, Matt Ryan, you just take a knee. We don't
0: care. I mean, you can't. You can't let up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I mean, that that's blows my mind. And if you look at the t- – like, it only took the Bears nine plays, two minutes, 50 seconds, first TD. Three plays, 59 seconds, second TD. Five plays, two minutes, third TD. Uh, I mean – And how
2: long oh. McKee, How long were the, the Falcons' possessions between those touchdowns? Oh, probably
0: like five seconds.
2: Yeah, because I mean oh. that's the other issue, right? I mean their secondary is terrible. We kind of knew that after week one, and we discussed that after week one. Their secondary is awful. They might rival the Giants for the worst secondary in the league. But so hey, hey way, let us
0: have that. All right, let yeah. the Giants have that. So in a way, it's not surprising. <laughs> that,
2: yeah, it's not surprising <laughs> that they can give up, uh, like touchdowns quite quickly. But it's just you know eat like chew some clock when you get the ball yeah. back.
1: I mean, there is, it is genuinely going to have to be, like Eddie said, right, where the, they're like, well, whatever we try and do to stop this rot and this fiasco of these fourth quarters, we're just going to have to basically just take knees now and just eat clock. Like, that's all we're going to do. But interestingly enough, the other side, so the Bears had a pretty, I mean, how that team is 3-0. <laughs> it is it pretty could be the worst 3-0 special, team right? in yeah, the world. It's, it's, I, 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 mean, I said
2: that to Frank during the game. Yeah, are they the worst three and O team in NFL history?
1: They might be up there, and then you've got the <laughs> Trubisky foles coming in. Like Trubisky yeah. wasn't doing anything, Foles come in. Suddenly they get driving. It was. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've now gone with the Bears and the spread. I think twice out of my three weeks and got them. But it, they they're lucky. They need to be well, more now. Consistent. Not Sam, consistent.
2: Sam with with big dick with big dick Nick coming in. There's no way you're not picking. <laughs> the, you're picking the Bears every week. <laughs> Even in their bye week, you're probably going to pick them to win. Oh
0: yeah, U- University of Arizona graduate, Nick Foles. I mean, yeah, but how how bad of a team, how bad of a 3-0 team can you be if you bench your QB? Like, how many undefeated teams are benching their starter? But
2: to me, even in a way, right? That, I feel sorry for Trubisky because here's the point: if if they were that close to like pulling him. They should have let Fall start the season, because if the leash you're giving him was that short, you can not pull him when it's like, guys, where they were within touching distance because it was twenty six ten when he got pulled. So it's they're two scores down and they're two and zero, and they're like, no, nah, sorry, Mitch, this is this is done. This is over. <laughs> like, like, I know you haven't you've a had like a game winning drive, right? Um, well, yeah, already and the season he wasn't doing
0: that poorly it wasn't like it was a sam darnold performance i mean just to throw out the numbers he was 13 of 22 for 130 yards had a td had that bad pick and his qbr was 60 which is which is an
1: above average qbr that's not a bad qbr wasn't the issue that he just wasn't connecting any deep passes with that it was just they were just like stagnant you know they they weren't doing much
2: And look, right? They looked way better when Foles came in. Like, that's indisputable. So, Foles threw
0: a pick as soon as he came in. (laughs) He
2: did, but it was still kind of a good throw. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It wasn't, it was a good play, but they did definitely look better with Foles. But I just think you just hung Trubitsky out to dry, basically. I
0: mean,. (laughs) and then you made him sit on a water cooler. Couldn't yeah. even give him a seat on the bench. They benched him and then he sat on a low
1: Gatorade cooler. It wasn't even a high cooler. He had to like squat down to yeah. sit on it. But it must I be mean, sad. It, it must be a sad thing, the realization that that's probably it now for your season, right? Well, like, <laughs> I said,
2: like I said to Frank during the game, I think if you're the head coach now, whether or not you say it to him and he doesn't uh, do it, I think you tell him like if you want to go and sit, in the, in the locker room, you can do that. Because we've basically just publicly fired you, and now you're sitting on the sidelines while cameras, you know one camera is gonna be trained on you for the remainder of the game, because they're gonna Entire wait game. for the clip. Like it doesn't matter even if you, he would've been happy and talking to every player and engaged for 99% of the game, but that one moment when he would've just thought about like, oh, how am I gonna like drive home today, or something, you know, like some random <laughs> thought crossed his mind, and they're gonna be like, glued in on him look at mitch sad old mitch over there sad sad <laughs> mitch
0: <laughs> he did look particularly
2: sad though <laughs> i mean well here's the thing is too we we passed the over under ourselves i don't know if you know but uh i bet on the over 1.5 as the number of times that uh water coolers you know like uh would play a major theme in any of our podcasts <laughs> what's the other one what? PSG in the in the Champions League oh, final. With the the table, sitting, sitting on the on the cooler yeah, on the sideline. On lines.
0: the cooler. That that's the new thing in sports. You sit on a cooler, not on a chair.
2: Exactly. It shows your hip. It's like the teacher who like reverses the chair and sits on it backwards, you know? It's the it's the cool <laughs> move.
0: The stereotypical in the movie when the teacher wants yeah. to be one with the students, yeah. he he's talking, the
2: seat around. Exactly yeah. when he's talking to like the urban students, yeah. and he flips it around to really connect with them, and he goes like, "You know, we aren't so different."
1: Yeah, backwards cap, backwards cap, telling exactly. you to get the pick up the textbook and throw it away. <laughs> backwards cap, backwards chair. <laughs> yeah,
2: William Shakespeare was the Jay Z of his era.
1: Yeah, I would I would burst into tears. It's- Someone said that to me. <laughs> let's let's wrap out these Shakespearean yeah. lyrics. Yeah, exactly. let's go outside.
2: Look at how many times he mentions murder in his plays. He was a real gangster.
0: <laughs> let's get back to the NFC West and discuss the big shakeup that the Arizona Cardinals are no longer defeated and I do not get my free Dunkin' Donuts coffee today. I was a little disappointed, but... I can't be too disappointed because I knew the Lions were a great team and I knew they no, were going to come back you strong. Didn't pick the Lions.
2: <laughs> you didn't pick the Lions. To, we have you on record not picking the Lions to win this game, although yeah. you did take the points, so you at least got that. Ah, but see, I knew one they would keep us, it close. Only one I mean, of us
1: in this podcast picked the Lions to win. Yes. Only I mean, they were on an 11-game losing run.
2: <laughs> they were due. They were due. Eddie,
0: that's just because you hate the Cardinals so much that you'd be willing to take anyone against
2: them. It's not, actually, because I've, I've watched just a disproportionate amount of the Cardinals games, because obviously I watched all of week one. I watched basically all of that game yesterday. Um, and like I said, going into the game, I had enough doubts about the Cardinals based on what I saw from them in the first half, even first three quarters of the game against, that, against the Niners, to think that there's a little bit too much hype surrounding them. And look, they're still good. I'm not saying that they're not good, but... Some people were getting a little bit ahead of themselves in anointing Murray as being, you know, an elite quarterback in the league. And also in he, saying that the Cardinals he threw, were suddenly, he threw suddenly like a Super picks, Bowl man. contender.
0: Yeah, he definitely came back to earth a little bit this game.
1: Three picks, two, I think two of which were pretty poor. Yeah. Yeah, but also he just didn't run this time as much I think he was averaging like near 80 in the first two games and I think in this one I saw he only got like 25 30 something like that I think he averaged maybe like 29 so just all his stats just plummeted a bit and those three picks yeah yeah, probably a bit of a reality check
2: yeah and they were lucky too right like they had that good defensive stand after his one pick and held the Lions to a field goal um, when they were in the red zone and if the Lions had got a touchdown on that one the game was probably over Whereas in the end, obviously, it took the game-winning drive from the Lions. So in that respect, the score maybe even slightly flatters them. Yeah, that was a big win for the Lions. Though they they needed that. I needed that. Well, they're not winning the division because we can move <laughs> swiftly on then to the other NFC, like to the other uh, the other team in their division, in the Packers from the NFC North, yeah. who are winning that division. I think we can, yeah. even though the Bears are three and zero. I think we can – it would be strange if the Packers don't go on to win that division now.
0: Yeah, they looked pretty good. And, I, you know, I'll I'll definitely say I did not think they would be this good. They don't – you know, maybe it's not right to say they don't have superstars because they obviously do in Rodgers. But, you know, besides that, I thought they were a little lacking. But, you know, their run game looks great. And they didn't even have Devontae Adams last game. And they still threw the shit out of the ball. I mean, he was hitting everyone. And he's he's just so good, Rogers. maybe you were right, you know, he was his arm never felt better and it's definitely showing right now. There's, there's he two looked, things.
2: Whew. There's two things. He claimed that his, his arm felt better than ever, and that the no preseason and the extra time and stuff and had helped. That seems to be correct. Like he seems as healthy as he's been in a really long time. The second thing we've talked about every week the fact that they're playing games with no fans in the stadium or very few fans in the stadium and his hard count Oh yeah. Like, it's basically like having kind of almost like an extra man on the field. So it's, it's sort of crazy. Like that might be the biggest, I say secret weapon in that it's not a, it, you know, it's in no way a secret, but in the sense of like this kind of extra move that you have, um, you know, like
1: <laughs> uh, Frank, <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm sorry if I distracted you guys. <laughs> I was I was getting up the stats for the Packers on ESPN and they had this commercial and it was a Nordic track commercial. And this guy was just going in straight beast mode on this Nordic track. It was almost as if you took Mike Tyson and put him in a boxing match. But instead of boxing a person, you just put the straps of like a cable row machine on him. And he was just like going like crazy, punching the air and doing like uppercuts and undercuts. I thought that was going to break the
2: machine off. I mean, I I may not edit this bit out.
0: uh,
2: I mean, they've sold me. I'm gonna I mean, as soon
0: as this podcast ends. I'm gonna go to Nordic Track and look at what that piece of equipment was, and I might buy it because that guy was in savage
2: mode. B- because honestly, the look on your face was so bizarre that it obviously <laughs> drew both of both Sam and I into total <laughs> yes. silence. And also, it was hard to tell: were you like stunned? Were you sad? Were you like, horrified? St- it was stunned a- and a
1: little horrified, and a little I turned it was on. gonna yeah. break the machine. It, it can pull up some weird results when you type Packers into Google. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> as Sam as Sam knows very well. You just got to go on private
1: browsing. Just go on private browsing. <laughs>
2: normally for Sam, it's the opposite. He's like late night searching for Packers. And then he's like, God, I don't need the NFL scores right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't gotta, care about Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I want to get pounded. <laughs> if I wanted Green Bay, I want to type Green Bay. <laughs> Speaking of which, right. Green Bay, um, the Packers have uh, the Falcons next week. So how many, how many points are you giving the Falcons ahead at the half before collapsing?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. How big would their lead have to be for me to feel confident about them winning? That is a good question. Like, yeah. how much would the Falcons have to be up at halftime? Or even, let's say, how, how, big of an, how much would they have to be up going into the fourth quarter for you to be like, okay, the Falcons are winning this?
1: Four touchdowns. I would say four scores. Yeah, it's...
2: Oh, 12 points? No, feeling... touchdowns. <laughs> oh, okay,
1: yeah, 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 that's true. Um, yeah, or safeties. <laughs> yeah.
2: They need to be up 28. 28. To, I would take To 21. have a chance I, to make it to I'd, overtime. I, I,
1: I, would, I would take like 20. <laughs> I'd probably take three touchdowns.
2: I would take 20 plus points going into the fourth, I think. I'm disappointed because like my brain was a little bit slow on this one and on my ability to, to run with the Green Bay Packers quote there. I just thought of the the mean gay Packers, and I uh, I should have been quicker. <laughs> no.
0: Chips. Chips yeah, I mean, still. I don't know if you guys watched that game. It was it was a good game. It was fun to watch. It was back and forth. But the difference now, I mean, maybe it's just still the first three weeks. I I guess the question is, how many weeks do you give Drew Brees before you say? this is the end of Drew Brees because better. this is he now was, he, he was but they, he doesn't do anything but dump it off. I mean, he is so hesitant to throw over yeah. 10 yards now. And that was his thing, you know, like five, five years ago, even three years ago, he had such a good touch on that deep ball where he could just drop it in 40 yards down, down like the sidelines to receivers all the time. It was just so fun to watch that they would like go short, go short, and then hit you at a deep one. Almost every fifth or sixth play and now 10 yards is a deep ball to him. So I, I give it one more week before I really start to get worried that something's wrong and I don't know what it is. is I it give him just the, the offenses, you know, is it just Michael Thomas not being being out there? Is, is that it? Is it that easy? I don't know.
2: I give him one more week because supposedly Michael Thomas is supposed to be back this week now how healthy he is when he comes back. But at least it puts him out there, which changes the way the defense will play and also just gives him, you know, maybe one or two plays that Michael Thomas can make a game. Also, they're playing the Lions. So if they can't beat the Lions, then...
0: Well, few few can.
2: <laughs> Not just two out of three so far.
0: But <laughs> worry, week three. Only so two teams have been able to beat the Lions.
2: <laughs> but the... the <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, I think, the yeah.
0: whole thing of, like, Michael Thomas needing to be there, its you can reverse it and look at Aaron Rodgers, and they put this stupid stat up about five times yesterday in the game about how he's never had – he's only thrown, I think, two touchdown passes to a f- first-round pick ever in his entire career versus Manning, who's done it 260 times or something crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, he, was, he, he made Alan Lazard look like a superstar out there and was throwing deep balls over the shoulder to him. You know, you don't need Michael oh, no. Thomas and to do that. Let's be,
2: let's be real, too. That Saints offense and, and uh, Drew Brees in the past have made nobodies look like superstars. Yeah. Like, the typical Saints offense would have completions to, like, eight, nine guys. He was never someone who just, like, okay, Michael Thomas might be their big play guy, or even Alvin Kamara, like, a big play guy. But they were, like, part of their approach was just the fact that they would pick you apart with going to all these different guys and even get big plays out of guys you'd never really heard of. So yeah, you can not attribute, there's no reason why he can like, he's like, Oh, I can only throw over seven yards if Michael Thomas is on the field, because the only reason you could say that is if he just doesn't trust his receivers to catch a ball, but you'd think even then they'd be able to design a couple plays where he feels like they're low risk and he can at least take the chance. So I think I mean, the real question is here, right? The, the Saints are also a weird situation in that they have two decent backup quarterbacks. Because obviously you have Hill who comes in for snaps at different moments in time, and like when they try and change up their approach slightly, cost them the game ja- yesterday. Yeah, that's one thing. But you've also got Jameis Winston on like there. Who? Yeah, sorry, Jemias Winston. Do you remember that guy? Yes,
0: thank you. Jemias Winston. Yeah, he used to play for the Bucks.
2: I'm serious right now. I think I'd rather have Jameis Winston out there.
0: I mean, I would not put Jamius Winston out, all jokes aside. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, the fact that you even made me question that. <laughs> no, a 41 year old Drew Brees is still better than that. I just think they need to. Tell him just just throw the ball deep, even if it if it's not he's the best. He's trying,
2: look. Frank. He's he, trying. He's not trying. They know He's do just it. a noodle arm now.
1: The concept of a long ball for him is this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> also, let's let's not factor in too. He pissed off his entire team with his. Yeah. his, his so stuff you think they the
0: they're refusing to run deep?
2: We yeah maybe.
0: The Jerry maybe. Seinfeld. They're refusing to run.
2: Yeah, exactly. Maybe they're like, oh, we heard you don't like black guys. Why don't you try having white receivers who are really slow and can't go more than 10 yards?
0: Unfortunately, the Vikings won't trade Thielman yet.
2: (laughs) Exactly. They're desperately trying. They're trying to put together a trade for Edelman, Thielman. And that's it. (laughs) Basically, yeah. They called up Jordy Nelson to see if he's still alive.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately, he's got so much CTE, he doesn't understand what a phone call is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the only thing the saints have going for him is camara he looked crazy good yesterday i mean some of it was bad tackling but some of it was just he can move so quick on his feet and cut so quickly god it was that one touchdown run he had was just crazy he broke three tackles cut around through other
2: guys oh no casey i'm going to disagree with you there he looked great last night, and he's incredible. His movement and the subtlety in terms of like changing direction and all that kind of stuff—it's insane. The speed, at, the speed at which he changes direction, sure. But the one touchdown—I guess you're referring to the like 55 yarder where he kind of went down the left touch line. Yeah, that was just terrible tackling. Like there's the a, first tackle. The first tackle was terrible. There's three that, tackles. He, he there's three yeah, but missed he's, tackles.
0: He's going at a speed.
2: That don't, the other guys care. just can't
0: handle that he's care. cutting. They
2: are NFL players. There are three guys there who should have made a tackle. So you give them all the credit for keeping going and whatever. Like you still need that ability, right? Like I'm not taking that away from him, but the, the, the breakdown of that touchdown is, wow, that's three horrific missed tackles. Not, oh, what a play by Alvin Carl. Like,
1: no, it is it a damning a
2: indictment. Play. It is a damning indictment of the quality of tackling in the NFL.
0: Yeah, I'll disagree. I think the first, maybe like one or two of the tackles, but he had a few that he just stopped. Oh, sorry, on a dime, only t- cut across the right. Okay, only and he had two. Five, the, he, only he made two six two people tackles. miss that play. Okay, all right.
2: My real question is with his mind because he didn't he didn't make a miss with his body. I'll put it that way.
0: No, no. I said my big question is I don't understand the teeth. I I, I don't get the grill. Are those real diamonds in his teeth? Like I don't, I don't get it. I don't get I would like, guess what they're... a girl actually is.
2: <laughs> this is another do rag moment.
0: No, no, no. But like, <laughs> I don't get how. How do you do? Do they literally just like cover your teeth in diamonds? Yeah, it's
2: it's like having a mouth. They they take a mold of your teeth, and then they. It's like getting a retainer, basically, but just getting a really fancy retainer.
0: So, okay. So I mean, they're that's, not, that's fancy. no, they're not that's like, really like, Oh, it's crazy. It's, it shines when they, when, when he's on the sidelines, it like, it shines off his teeth. So it's basically a retainer that you
2: put on. Yeah. I mean, obviously not. A retainer it's not like when hockey truck. players
0: get their like permanent fake teeth in. Those no. aren't permanent. No, no. They're not on his teeth.
2: I mean, if it's a grill, I miss, I don't know in his case, but I think he's just wearing a grill, right? If he's just wearing a grill, it's just like a retainer, like a mouth guard. Basically, okay, but made out of metal and diamonds. Like zero so protective that, quality. So that can pop on and off whenever. Yeah.
0: So he can pop off his his, his diamond girl retainer and just throw it in the stands when they win the Super Bowl. Exactly,
2: yeah. Some lucky
0: fan. And why would you want to play with that on?
2: I mean, I don't know. There's there's a lot of players, right, who refuse to wear mouth guards because they think it increases their chances of concussions so um, it's true Which
1: scientifically has been proven wrong. <laughs> I, d- I don't understand how that would <laughs> so the argument the
2: argument i've heard from players from multiple players when i've seen it discussed with them because there's quite a like a high percentage of the nfl doesn't wear mouth guards i can get it from some positions right but there's positions where they're taking very clear head trauma and they're not wearing mouth guards and their argument for against it is basically that um a mouth guard forces your mouth to be open and so that's going to cause greater they feel like it causes their jaw to rattle more so that they're more likely to be concussed despite the supposed despite the vast (laughs) amount of scientific knowledge otherwise
0: it's like it's, it's it's like baseball players refusing to stop chewing because they don't think that it gives you throat cancer.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But no, I've, I mean, you hear about it every year because like on Niners nation, for example, they'll talk about it because like a couple, a couple what? of Niners every year won't wear mouth guards and they will speak to them and ask them about it. And, and that's basically the argument that all of them use. It's bizarre, but I mean, the only argument I could kind of get from someone is like, look, I think I'm probably going to get CTE anyway. And I think I play better without a mouthguard. So if I'm going to get if I'm going to get the head trauma, I may such as well a make
1: depressing that's sure well. such a depressing <laughs> realization.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: that is. So getting back to the NFC West, is it clear that the Seahawks are the best team
1: in the NFC West? Defensively, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait. Let me rephrase it. Is it clear
0: that Russell Wilson is the best team in the NFC West? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean. So he set an NFL record, right? He's thrown fourteen touchdowns through week through three weeks. No quarterback has ever done that before.
0: Only QB in history to throw four plus in uh, three games. Three
2: three games. Yeah. So I mean, he looks amazing. Uh, their offense looks great. and you when you think he should have had one more if Metcalf in oh, an idiot. Metcalf, but.
0: I'll tell you what he he just quick side note he was an absolute idiot for doing that but that aside he is just lighting it up he's a freak like the fact that you have him and and Russell Wilson is so good at that that deep ball just having that combo of, of him just being able to blow by guys and then drop that ball in it's always a threat every play that could happen
2: yeah, no. I mean, look, they, they look scary offensively. I think the thing I will say is they look frail defensively, shall we say? And
1: <laughs> yes. um, you, know word you know that doesn't you know that word doesn't do it justice though. What did they give yeah. this time? 5 over 500 yards to the I would say yeah, i would say
2: porous. Play? I mean, put it this way, I think if you're a quarterback going into a game against the Seahawks right now, you're basically guaranteed 400 yards. So it's taking record-breaking performances from russell wilson for them to just barely win games <laughs> like then it's not like they're blowing these teams out right like they're, they're one score games that they're winning and they're also losing at times in the fourth quarter so
1: this could have been the complete opposite for them right so they had the goal line stand against the patriots and then they had um yeah. the uh the prescott interception on the interception, final play so yes. they let's say they both go the other way this you know, the Seahawks, all we're going to be doing is talking about the defensive problems. Yeah,
2: which it's always one of those interesting things, right? Because they win, it looks, everything looks good, like winning cures everything, right? And so instead we talk about how amazing Russell Wilson is, but you're mm-hmm. right, 100%. If they'd lost those games, it'd been like, well, Seahawks are done because they're, def- they're horrible defensively. That That would be my issue with them. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't think any team would want to play them right now, just because Wilson is so scary and playing so well, but... I wouldn't trust them in big games and I wouldn't trust them in the moment. They're obviously going to make the playoffs. I'm not going to trust them in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. Unless, unless they figure it out on defense a little bit. I mean, you have to hold teams under 30. <laughs> That's just, you know, that, that is a, a prerequisite for being a, a good playoff team is you have to hold them under 30. <laughs> I think
2: it's an old saying in the NFL. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> So kind of just bouncing off to Russell Wilson, right now, who would you rather have on your team, Russell Wilson or Josh Allen?
2: Just for this season?
0: Just, like, right now? Like, you're starting a team next week?
2: I'm taking Russell Wilson over anyone in the league right now. I'm taking him over... Oh wait! Oh, you're is starting it, a team, is it,
1: so you're, I'm. I'm. Am I picking a quarterback for my team franchise going forward? Is that what you're saying, or you're just saying no? This just year? for one season. Just this You take Wilson right now.
0: Yeah. But is it closer than you would have thought
2: starting this season? With who? With Josh Allen specifically? Yeah. I don't know why we're. I don't know who. Why he is the like litmus test of <laughs> of NFL quarterbacks all of a sudden?
0: I'm because he's potentially having an MVP year. I mean, right now, I'm say, without Josh Allen, the Bills are not three and zero.
2: Well, Frank, I'm going to say no because I picked them as my dark horse for the Super Bowl. So, no, it doesn't surprise me that Josh Allen's having a good year. Because if everyone goes back and listens to our NFL preview, I picked them as my t- my team from the AFC to make the Super Bowl. So, which is an awful
0: pick, which won't happen, but. <laughs> maybe not I mean I did say
2: I did say almost certainly the Chiefs but if not the Chiefs it's the Bills but uh so <laughs> I, I can't I can't say I went all in on the Josh Allen move but look I think Josh Allen's good I, I don't think he's ever going to be like a top five quarterback I don't think he's in that range. really no
0: so right now he's at 71 percent completion a thousand yards in three games so that's over Three hundred yards a game, yeah, ten TDs, one interception.
2: Who have they played?
0: <laughs> the Rams that were two yeah, and zero, the mighty Dolphins, and the Jets. Yeah, and
2: exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, look, if he keeps that up till the end of the year, sure. But I mean, again, it gets back to that mo- moment. If you think they're going to be top, if you think are going to he's going to be top five. Right now, my top five would have to include Wilson, have to include Mahomes. Have to include Lamar Jackson, have to include Aaron Rodgers. So that's four. That's and four. Now, the fifth spot, and I'm sure I'm probably even forgetting someone else who should be in that discussion. But, you know, no, I'm not going to. I don't. I think he's just like that one notch below. He's good enough to win you a Super Bowl. I think he's going to be that good. And he's good enough to be like the reason you win a Super Bowl, which is the real statement. Because like, to me, that's the difference between like Jimmy Garoppolo and that next level. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is a good enough quarterback to win, for you to win a Super Bowl with having Jimmy Garoppolo on your team. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to win you the Super Bowl.
0: I mean, I think he's number five right now. He's a top five QB in the NFL right now. If you look at QBR rating, he's sitting at fourth above Lamar Jackson and then Mahomes, Wilson, and Rodgers are ahead of him. Then you go, it's like Fitzpatrick, Breeze, Mayfield, Goff, Prescott, Murray, Tannehill, Carr. I take him over any of those guys. Maybe Breeze, but we just talked about Breeze could be done. So, I mean, a top five QB, Josh Allen, it's, it's, I would not have predicted that three weeks into the year. How about the, the tie, first tie of the season?
1: I liked um, Zach Taylor's quote after that when they said, you know, like about Joe Burrows because he had a pretty solid game. Uh, kind of again, I guess "solid" is probably the good term. And you know, it's really good when a um, when a coach comes out and is like, "Yeah, he gives us a chance to win." <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the lack of faith in every single person on that team from the coach, except for one person. I mean. It is quite fun because for the three weeks, apart from the, um, the tie uh, with the Bengals charges where we, I went minus three and it was three, um, I've picked the Bengals and they've covered the spread like in <laughs> three weeks. Like, this is the thing they're losing, but they're losing. Well, they're not spreads. losing, they're t- tying. Yeah, they're tying. <laughs> they're covering spreads. It's just quite interesting. Stick with me and the Bengals spreads.
0: Yeah, I guess the the big storyline there, too, is Burrow did look good. Another pretty solid performance for a team that isn't very good. But what's going on with the Eagles, I guess, is a, is a big question. Um, and what's going on with Carson Wentz? Is it time to to test out Jalen Hurts? How, how many more weeks do you go with Carson Wentz, who looks like absolute poop before you put in Jalen Hurts?
1: I think it's probably that next week thing because he's had, Wentz has had six picks this year. He had seven in the whole of last year. So something's wrong. And, yeah, and- if, it, if that's the trend, if that's the trajectory of like what's happening, you, you've got to swap them out quickly for um, Hertz.
0: Yeah, and I guess the other thing too is not only is he throwing picks, but he's getting sacked like crazy. And granted, that's not all him. Obviously that's the line and he's getting, some of them he doesn't have a chance. But some of them are on a quarterback for being too slow, not reacting quick enough, not moving out of the pocket. And maybe his knee is starting to to get to him a little bit, you know. Oh, maybe he's just never been the same after that injury. So I don't know if you switched on to Jalen Hurts yet, just because who knows what you're getting with Jalen Hurts. He wasn't even technically, I guess, a first round pick, right? So he wasn't Yeah, second the, round one. Yeah, wasn't one of the main guys. You know, it's not like you have Joe Burrow sitting back there who is you know potentially the next great qb you have a guy that was very questionable as to whether he could be an nfl quarterback and you have carson wentz who was close to an mvp caliber year two years ago so yeah they don't look good but i guess the good thing for them is being oh two and one they're still right in it to win the nfc east of only one game back (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's so depressing for that uh, for that division, right? but the problem for the Eagles is their next game's the 49ers so for all, for all purposes like the 49ers have got all these injuries, but they've had a really lucky like time of it, yeah. Like I think the next two games for the 49ers are the Dolphins and the Eagles, and they've just played the Giants and the Jets. It's kind of like wow if you, if there's a time to have injuries, they have found it right there <laughs> like with those that run of four yeah. games.
2: Yeah, they're getting lucky there. Yeah, it's an it's an ideal matchup. I think the going to the Jalen Hurts um versus Carson Wentz debate though too. Jalen Hurts got a couple snaps in that game. Didn't do a lot and he did the only thing of note that he really did was fumble a snap, like fumble a handoff. So but at least it wasn't an interception. And well, he did recover <laughs> it himself. So he didn't turn the ball over, but yeah, it's not a So he's got a they, fumble he, recovery. He's doing good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He was just boosting his stats. But no, they don't, they don't, look, um, they don't look very good. It's, well, neither does
0: the NFC East, though. So, <laughs> And I guess in comparison to the NFC East, you could talk about the Bengals being in the AFC North, and that's a division now that's looking pretty strong besides the Bengals. I mean, Pittsburgh's up at 3-0 and now. Baltimore's at 2-0 and playing Monday night. And then you have Cleveland, the Cleveland Steaming Browns, have a winning record for the first time since 2014. Eddie, how I mean, like, excited is the fan base in Cleveland? You, you, you have know. your ear to the ground.
2: I do, yeah, <laughs> they don't stop talking about it. They are, it's Super Bowl or bust this year, you know? Like, <laughs> the, the real question regarding that division, Frank, is when are you going to walk back your Steelers prediction? Yeah.
0: I know, I thought about it yesterday. <sighs> I don't know. I, I got to see a few more games. I mean, obviously, yes, they're not going to finish last in that division. But I still don't think they're a very good team. I think they're a fringe playoff team. Are like they going to the make wild the playoffs?
2: Card. Are they going to make the playoffs?
0: I mean, they're 3-0 and now statistically, Eddie, according to the no, no. Uh, analytics. Are, are
2: they, <laughs> Frank, are they going to make the playoffs?
0: Hold on, let me look at their schedule of what they got left. Because that was the other issue, is they haven't played... I mean, this was their best team that they've played, and it was an
2: 0-2 Texans team.
1: Well, they got the Titans next.
0: So far, they haven't played a team that's won a game.
2: So well, that's how much... Every... That's because you play the Steelers, you automatically lose, and it just demoralizes you for the next couple of games.
0: You're right. The Giants, otherwise, are a really good team, and the Broncos, otherwise, are a really good team. <laughs> So they've got the Titans, Eagles, Browns, Ravens, Cowboys, Bengals coming up in
2: their next six, seven. I mean, put it this way: they've got a pretty good chance then of being yeah. five and one, six and zero. Oh. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: they have a really easy schedule actually. Now that I look at it, the best team they play is the Bills, and then the Ravens twice. So. It looks like they could make the playoffs, but I'll 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 stick with that they don't for now. Let me see. Ask me again after they play the Titans next week.
2: Okay, I mean three
1: and versus three and oh. And then we're gonna this ask. This would be you a good and indicator. Then, and then we'll ask you again a four and oh
2: I mean, we you <laughs> joked about it last Thursday, right? But we're in a situation here where they're going make to make the Super Bowl and you're going to be like, I'm still not sure that they're good. Yeah, I'm going to see
1: the Super Bowl then decide.
2: <laughs> okay, they won the Super Bowl, but can they defend their title?
0: Let me see them when they play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship and then I'll let you know if they're good or not. Before we wrap up, I know Sam is a big South Park fan. Did you see the Denver Broncos put the whole South Park population out in the
1: stadium? Yeah. Because at one point, I thought they had done the whole stadium and just repeated people. And I was like, that, that would take too much time. But yeah, it was, it was cool that they did it. It was um, interesting. But it still looks a little bit um, strange. I, I think my problem is, ever since that Leeds United thing, where they had like pictures of like Bin Laden and <laughs> stuff like that, I can't look at these cardboard cutouts the same anymore. It just completely weirds me out.
0: Well, I, I think it would be strange to see cartoons watching an NFL game in the stands. So I don't think you're really alone in that.
2: Well, I'm just going to say, you know, South Park, super liberal cartoon. NFL is just getting too left wing for me. I'm out. <laughs> it's time What's to, next? Time to it. Bernie Sanders as con- commissioner? Is that what's coming? No, Bernie Sanders is the QB for the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that might be an upgrade.
0: He'll be super efficient. (laughs) Let's put it that way. So let's get to the NBA then. Just to touch base on the Squid versus Eddie
2: round three, that would be right. Yeah, round three. It was, I won the round because unfortunately for Sam, he went 0 for 2. I went 1 for 2. I'm not really claiming that as a victory because. The only one I got right was picking the the Lakers to win their series, and that wasn't exactly the boldest prediction in the world. But, uh, yeah, it's Lakers, Heat, in the NBA Finals. Kind of an interesting one, right, from a story. I mean, the NBA was lucky because basically any scenario that didn't involve the Nuggets making the Finals was going to be a great story for them because either it was going to be Lakers-Celtics, which is obviously kind of the... Historic. Yeah, the most historic matchup in NBA history. Or you're going to get LeBron playing against Miami, one of his former teams, the team he won his first title with, you know so you get to really And then ditch when
0: they started to go downhill
2: Exactly, <laughs> you get Spolstra who obviously you, a few people didn't really think was up to it when the big three first arrived in Miami and now Spolstra's kind of like cemented his plates as one of the best coaches in the NBA you, Wait, you, Sam
0: didn't pick the Heat?
2: No, he picked. we both picked the Celtics <sighs> unfortunate. So, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. A lot of people, I mean, you know, we got to get Sam's pick. Wait, wait, oh,
0: don't get into it yet. Let's get okay. Sam's pick first before you give him any info. Okay,
2: uh-huh. Sam, who are you? Taking? All right, so
0: here's what I, Sam the Squid. Here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for your your series winner. I want and the series final. Like, how
1: many games are played? What they win in? All right, so. Uh, does the format change because it's the final? Are there like more games? No, it's best out it of seven. Best, best out of seven. Okay, and remind me of the teams again.
2: <laughs> L.A. Lakers, Miami. E. <laughs> no,
1: I'm just I mean, I literally oh said warming up how ignorant I am about this.
2: I mean, that's not ignorant. That's just real short-term memory issues because I literally <laughs> just great
1: squid. It. Yeah, squids aren't known for their memory. Yeah. Hey, I had a bad time. I was zero two. Like, I just need the fact. I just need to Who make knew sure that I got two
2: it. out of three people on this podcast had CTE.
1: <laughs> Not me.
0: I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. So let's get Sam's pick.
1: <laughs> Lakers.
0: In Sam how many Squid games? has chosen the Lakers five so five is not a number i was having a streak as i said it five (laughs) lakers in five okay eddie i'm
2: gonna be totally honest i wanted to take lakers in five as well so
0: if you take it then we go to another tiebreaker yeah i'm
2: gonna take it because that's i don't otherwise i'm like changing the system so i i would have also said lakers in five
1: Okay. So here's such my second, such a copycat. It's crazy. You're just following but the script now. Here's my second tiebreaker.
0: Okay. Out of the, f- you're going to say that the Lakers win four games, right? Obviously because they're winning it out of the four games, the Lakers win. How many times do they cover the spread?
2: How about this? We do three, two, one, and we both say the number.
0: That way there's no perfect. How many, how many times do they cover the spread? Yes. How many times the do the Lakers wins. cover the spread in the four wins they have?
2: And for context, right, Sam, ready? I'll just tell you, I'll just tell Sam because I at least know this. I think the spread for game one is five and a half points. Okay. So just to give you an idea of like the numbers you're looking at. Okay.
0: Got you. I'm going to say three, two, one, go. Okay. okay. Three, two,
1: one, go. Two. Four. <laughs> Ooh. All right. There we go. That's good. Okay, so Eddie, so you think this will be a bit of a bit of a blowout? No, up, I basically? just think
2: I think the spreads are a little bit too low. Like five and a half points is not a huge spread. Now, here's the thing: is I effectively could lose the game this 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 head to head in game one if the Lakers win by four points. <laughs> I'm
1: done.
0: <laughs> no, three would be a tie.
1: But also the problem okay. is surely they're just going to keep, if they keep winning against the spread, the spread will just keep increasing. So your game yeah, that's four the, is going to be a tough spread.
2: Well, what I need for them to do is to keep covering the spread but not blowing them out, right? Like I don't want them to like, I don't want them to win by like 20, 20, 15, yeah. because then the spread for the next game might be like 12 points. But, yeah.
0: That's like one of the most selfish gambler things ever. I need my bets to win, but I need them just barely to win so that I can win my future bets as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Why
2: don't the teams understand this? They can't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let alone I can't even pick a fucking winner. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm guessing the Lakers are pretty heavy. What are they to win? Like just outright win?
2: Um, I think they're one to three to win the series. Wow. Around that, around that number, between one to two and one to three, to, but depending on where you're looking. But I, 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 as I was saying, kind of before we did this, the Heat are actually kind of a popular pick amongst experts who think this is a tough matchup for the Lakers because, in a way, it's contrasting systems. You got the Lakers who have the big two in Anthony Davis and LeBron James, clearly the two best players in this series. But then the Heat are the better, sort of more well-rounded team. So in a way, you're in this situation of like, are you picking the two superstars or are you t- picking the team that has gelled and is playing really well together? And I'm and you're take, going to the superstars. It's the NBA, so <laughs> I'm going to take the team that has the two best players on the court and mm-hmm. has no reason to never have one of them on the court. That's why I never get about when people are like, well, they've only got two superstars. It's like, yeah, but if they plan it out perfectly, they have, either LeBron, James. They have either LeBron James or Anthony Davis on the court at all times. Like, there's no reason... I'm-
0: And they should be on for the whole game.
2: Yeah. I mean, LeBron James is going to play 40 minutes. So it's like, oh, wow, there's going to be a couple minutes when they don't have LeBron James on the court? Wow, that's going to suck. I mean, the crazy thing, right, is LeBron James in this playoffs, I mean, the last series, he was great. He's kind of reaffirmed the fact that he's the best player in the league. And at his age, that's kind of insane.
0: Yeah. I'll say the most I've watched LeBron James this playoffs – was yesterday when I watched Trainwreck for like a good hour and he had the scene I love that scene when he talks about Cleveland yeah and what's his face is just kind of ripping into him about Cleveland he's like what do you mean it's fun oh, for Cleveland? the whole family mean,
2: Cleveland the, rock and, the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame yeah. place where was invented.
0: yeah it's fun for the whole city uh, fun for the whole family <laughs> he's like yeah but it was Miami
2: <laughs> you, you always used to come and visit me in Miami yeah
0: he's he's really funny in that movie i'll give him credit and i don't know if it's just because like i don't know if it's actual good humor if he's genuinely funny or if it's just the idea of lebron saying these things that makes it funny and that's the only reason it's like it'll be interesting to see him in space jam to see if he's can be humorous besides just being lebron james
2: i think he's genuinely kind of funny at least at least he's like athlete funny I also think at least what train showed too is he's kind of willing to poke fun at himself. Right. Cause like he's cheating, yeah. right. About splitting the bills and all that. kind of yeah. stuff. And he <laughs> already comes out. back for his sunglasses. He's like, exactly. you found
0: my sunglasses in here. I'm not going to give sunglass Hut another $35 for a new pair.
2: <laughs> and then I don't know if every professional athlete would necessarily be comfortable, like making fun of themselves in that way.
0: I can give you one who wouldn't Russell Westbrook would never do that. You know why? Cause he's an asshole. I hope we get him on the podcast one day. So besides Sam the Squid, your NBA picks, I know you don't know, but postseason baseball starts tomorrow. And you've got a whole
1: slate of series oh, to pick in baseball. I know a sweet amount of fuck all in this sport. <laughs> all right, real quick, real quick. Let's see what
0: we do for every sport. How many players... Are on the field
1: in baseball. That seems a little bit tougher, but 12? No. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just judging from your face, I was like, have I nailed it or is it so far off? (laughs) How many? Nine. Okay, it's not ridiculous. Well, you, anyway, were, you, you were that far off. But
2: you, obviously the answer, Sam, was not going to be 45, was it? <laughs> like you had actually well, seen. I, was,
0: I was leaning well, towards. Well, he put 25% more players on the field. That's pretty yeah, that's off. true. The margin, the margin of <laughs> it's, error was
2: pretty I, great. I tell you
1: what, it was mainly because I didn't know how many people are outside of the um, the bases. Like I've never really seen. In the outfield. Seen, like, yeah, in yeah. the outfield. We call <laughs> it, it really it's really the outfield.
2: Same, same term actually good. as cricket.
1: There you go. Okay.
2: Okay, yeah. So things are kicking off with a new and maybe improved uh, wild card round, Sam. So normally the wild card round is just like a single play-in game for the lowest seed in the playoffs, but this year because of the shortened season, they expanded the playoffs, and so this year every team is playing in the wild card, and the series themselves are best of three, and nor- whereas normally it would just be the single game. So that's kind of all the information you need to know in the sense that every team that's made the playoffs, all uh, 16 teams, um, well, no, all, yeah, all 16 teams are in the wildcard round.
1: That sounds good. And then they just play best of three each time going through. So like 16 and eight. No,
2: after that, it's going to be switched to the best of seven. Okay. So, this is the only best of three. And the only interesting thing of this, too, is right now they're actually playing this wild card round at the home field, all of the games at the home field of the higher seed. And then from then on, from this round forward, they're going to bubbles, like semi bubbles. So, from this round on, uh, sort of the uh, AL will be playing their games in LA and San Diego and the national AL being the American League and the National League will be playing their games in Houston and Arlington. So just okay. for the idea of AL and AL and NL obviously have historical significance but fundamentally as far as you can consider it's just two divisions and the <laughs> World Series is the is the winner of one division against the winner of the other division.
1: Isn't that pretty similar to American football just AFC NFC Super Bowl is the
2: yeah, very similar. Mind. The only difference being that in baseball there's slight differences in the rules between the two divisions, the two <laughs> between the two leagues, but I, we're not going to explain that either. That will only be of importance in the World Series.
1: Okay. All right. I apart from like famous really famous teams, anyone else I will need the city?
2: <laughs> no, I'll say the I'll say the full team names. So let's get underway. We'll we'll start with the American League. You have the number eight. Oh, should I give the seeds? Or?
0: Oh, don't. No, don't give the seeds. Start start okay, over. Start okay. over.
2: Go okay, to a different. I'm, I'm going to do a completely. You called men random in black, way. me. I heard right. this. <laughs> but you don't all know you what you heard was number. Yeah, all you heard was number eight. There is an yeah. eight seed. So <laughs> no,
1: but it was just how Frank was saying, like, start over. Like, he's going to wipe me.
2: Yeah. um So. In no particular order in terms of this, all right? Um, well, I guess I need to... Well, do I even tell you who the home team is? Because you could no. maybe have...
1: No, okay. no, no. Give... I want... Nope. to Just mix them up randomly.
2: Okay. So Minnesota Twins against the Houston Astros.
1: I've heard of the Astros, so I'm going to go Astros.
0: Okay. Just for clarification... Oh, I, Actually, I won't say yet because then he can maybe figure out the other seeds accordingly. Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Next game, Chicago White Sox against the Oakland Athletics.
1: The Oakland Athletics sounds like a, like a weird primary school team or something like <laughs> that. Um, yeah, let's go for them. <laughs> let's, let's go for it. You're going go to <laughs> go for the A's. The yeah. Athletics. Yeah.
2: Okay. Next one, Cleveland Indians against the New York Yankees.
1: Wait, Cleve- wait why is Cleveland Indians allowed to still be a thing well let's not get into this
2: <laughs> america has decided that indians indians chiefs those are all right on the the right <laughs> the side money. of the line of uh, yeah okay okay um but the indians did have to get rid of their uh chief wahoo
1: uh mascot, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> slash, slash uh, Chief Wahoo that is an absolute joke okay yeah I'm not backing Cleveland Indians no other team the Yankees the other team the other team the Yankees I didn't hear
2: it because I was obviously the most famous team in baseball I was still still talking about the Indians
1: but I did hear Yankees but um, I was just too busy talking about the Indians but yeah I'm going Yankees
2: all right Toronto Blue Jays Tampa Bay Rays
1: oh Toronto okay squid squid picks Canadians
2: that that rounds up your American League picks so we'll do your uh National League picks and then kind of maybe I'll I'll, I'll make my picks and Frank can make his picks too um National League San Diego Padres St. Louis Cardinals the
1: Padres um <laughs> uh I'll go Cardinals that,
2: yeah too dangerous for a man like you to get involved with a man of the church uh <laughs> miami marlins and the chicago cubs the cubs uh, atlanta braves cincinnati reds
1: oh, cincinnati
2: and la dodgers milwaukee brewers uh dodgers interesting all right frank do you want to do your picks quickly and then i'll do mine quickly and then we can discuss sort of reveal to sam some of the seedings maybe and and, and okay. maybe yeah. make some put a little bit of knowledge into it. Yeah. Well, we can just do that as we
0: go through maybe. So the first one okay. for National League, we have the number one seeded L.A. Dodgers versus number eight Milwaukee Brewers. I'll go Dodgers yeah. obviously with this. I think they're the number one team in the league. So highest chance to win a World Series percentage.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers just have a, you know, so strong uh, pitching-wise. So, yeah, I think we'll go Dodgers there, which means we've gone Dodgers across the board. Next up. Yeah. Uh, let's number go two number Atlanta five. Braves. Okay. Yeah. We'll
0: do it that way. Number so, two yeah, Atlanta number two. Braves versus number seven Cincinnati Reds.
1: Oh, there's my upset.
0: I'm going to go Braves here. Um, I know a lot of people actually are taking Cincinnati, um, but I'll, I'll stick with the Braves.
2: I'm going to take the Reds because I think they'll win. I think their pitchers, like for a three-game series, I think that's a, a pretty big advantage for them. So I'm going to take the Reds just based on the, the quality of starts they're going to get for all three games, if necessary, right? Because obviously they could just win the first two. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: number six, Miami Marlins versus number three, Chicago Cubs. Uh, I'll go Cubs. Um, You got Darvish starting. So I think that's, you know, he's an elite pitcher. So you might get your first win out of that. And you just got to win two out of your next three there. And they obviously have the stars and like Rizzo and Bryant and all that. So I'll I'll stick with the Cubs there.
2: I'm also going to go with the Cubs. Some fun facts going into this series, though. This is obviously the rematch of the Bartman series, right? Oh. Like this is the... So, Sam, for some context, the Cubs were obviously uh, a team that was said to have been cursed and could never win the World Series. They went over, what they go, like 103 years, I think, in the end, something around there, before they won the World Series um, again. And uh, they famously had a a fan reach over, kind of reach over, uh, to catch uh, a ball and that stopped them from getting an out. And from that moment on, they kind of, fell apart in the game and eventually lost the series and um, he was booed out of the stadium and then basically booed out of Chicago he now lives in total anonymity like he I think he legally changed his name and stuff yeah there's a whole documentary trying to find him and uh, they identified him and every once in a while a few newspapers and stuff will find him but he he refuses to come back out and say like where he lives and what is like the new name he goes under and all that kind of stuff.
1: What will they do when they find him? Is the plan I mean, to like kill him or? <laughs> well, the
2: stunning thing to me was when they did win the World Series a couple of years ago, you kind of felt like that was the good opportunity for them to be like, okay, all is forgiven, like curse over, uh, we got there in the end. And I think the Cubs should have done that almost officially, like brought him, like maybe even had him in the parade or something. Um, which, I don't know if he just, yeah, like I said, dragging him behind the bus. <laughs> 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 Tricked him. They were like, hey, yeah. Uh, Hey, Steve, we really want you to be part of the parade. He's like, "Oh, thanks! It's so great for you guys to uh, to welcome me back." And like, yeah, yeah, we just want you to put this on.
1: You know, it's just, just a how we <laughs> <Just> like...
2: <laughs> tar and feather him. <laughs> and also, interestingly enough, fun fact about the Cubs this year: only Major League Baseball team not to have a player test positive for COVID. That's a depressing one. Yeah, there you go and final national league series um st louis cardinals at the san diego padres and yeah, cardinals five the padres. padres four yeah i'm gonna take the padres just because fernando tetis is like the most exciting player in baseball and i want to see him get to the next round
0: yeah i'll go padres too um their bullpen, I think I saw stats since September 1st, has been statistically one of the best in baseball. And everyone knows you need a good bullpen going into the postseason. So especially in a three-game series, you know, you can't afford to just lose a game right away. So if, you, if your starter gets kind of caught on the rocks, you need a bullpen to come in and kind of not let up any more runs to keep it close. So I'll go Padres.
1: Not the worst one for me to go against them. If they're seated
0: close. Yeah, this, this is your, so now let's get into the uh, AL. This is your toughest pick here. The number one Tampa Bay Rays versus the number eight seed Toronto Blue Jays.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the 1v8 the in, a, in a North American sport where you've backed Canada has backfired.
1: <laughs> Although the Canadians were pretty good against the Flyers. It was close.
2: Yeah, you, you, you yeah, it was close. It,
1: it nearly came off.
0: Uh I'll I'll go I'm, I'm I'll gonna go, there, I'll go the Rays. I'll go the Rays on this yeah, one. Yeah, I'll
2: keep this I'll keep this simple. The Rays look really good this year, so Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh
0: the next series is the number seven Chicago White Sox at the number two Oakland Athletics. A's
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm an A's fan and uh I'm just going to take the A's. I think they 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 have had a really good season. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I can't – I'm not going to give too much analysis into it, but I'm not going to – in the round, I'm not going to pick against them.
0: All right. I figure I have to go an upset eventually. So I'll take the White Sox over the A's here. Um, the White Sox statistically have pretty good hitting. Uh, the A's <sighs> – yeah, they're the two seed, but you know, I think their their again their bullpen isn't that great statistically. They weren't that great this year, so you know, I'll, I'll take an upset. I'll go White Sox here. Next one is number six Houston Astros at number three Minnesota Twins. Sam the Squid took another upset here in the Astros. <laughs> I will yes, not feed too many upsets. I'm going to go with the Twins.
1: <laughs> I bet you I'm well. going to
2: be I'm going to be joining him in the upset uh, upset club here. I just think this says – the Astros, obviously Sam will have no context for this, but coming right off the heels of their cheating scandal and World Series win the year before, I think baseball is gonna get what it deserves and the Astros are gonna stay in the playoffs for a while.
0: Really just shows the type of person Eddie is. is Wait, how did they
2: how the did team they to go far to give it to the
1: uh, how did they cheat?
2: Cheat? Um, it's going to be a little bit ex- difficult to explain to you, but basically in baseball, the catcher gives signs to the pitcher so that they agree on which pitch he's going to throw. So in between his legs, he kind of like throws signs with his fingers to, so that they, and then the pitcher either shakes it off or throws that pitch. And um, it's kind of accepted cheating that if you have a, a base runner on second base, because from there, obviously, you can see the catcher. That if you had a base runner on second, you could try and steal signs. And it's, that's sort of tolerated as, as like a, a way of cheating within the game that kind of is just exploiting the advantage of having a base runner. That being said, you're not able to steal signs in any other way. And basically what the Astros did was they installed a camera that allowed them to see uh, in between the catcher's legs to steal the signs. Then they had this this uh, TV set up like right as you were leaving their dugout, where they had people sitting, and those people were then very quickly getting the signs, and then they were banging on a garbage. They were like relaying the sign and banging on a garbage can whenever it was a changeup, so like a slower pitch, mm. and uh, that obviously gave the hitter a huge advantage because he was basically depending on the pitcher. Like he might knew he would know if it was going to be a changeup or say a curve but he basically knew when it was going to be a, like a fastball. So you're okay. just giving your, you're, you know, putting the odds way in the favor of the hitter in that standpoint. There was also a theory that they might even have been sending some hitters out wearing like a buzzer on them where they were buzzing. They were kind of, you know, like sending a signal, um, to them, uh, to tell them the signs that that's kind of been unconfirmed. But yeah, basically this, um,
1: like a bust. This was all
2: revealed, like after like, they an won ele- the like a
1: mild electric shock or something like that. Yeah,
2: basically, yeah. <laughs> the idea and, of
1: someone doing that, Buster, just throwing the bat out of the hands would be well. That
2: spun out because so basically this this is one of those times where like the internet really blew this open. Supposedly, when you hear baseball players talk about it, kind of everyone sort of knew the a- the Astros were cheating. Like all the other when you hear players on other teams, it, it was kind of like an open secret. And you can go back and watch footage now of pitchers either going to extremes where they were changing signals really regularly or even, um, kind of like abandoning their like previous signals, uh, and like implementing like really complicated, complicated signal systems. Um, but, uh, it, it kind of got blown up by the internet. Like there's this one guy in particular, John boy media who actually I've spoken about in the past. Cause he does all the lips. Like when he reads people's lips, um, when like baseball players get angry, but he also was the one who kind of like put together a lot of these videos and put them on the internet being like, look, you can hear the bang and it's a, it's a change up. And like, he yeah, was he was pretty-
1: like, I,
0: Isolating specific pitches in like yeah. random baseball games and being like, wait, listen for the bang, and then he would just kind of play it over and over again.
2: Yeah, and and like this was so this was after their World Series win, and it it took like maybe two three weeks for momentum to really come together. And there was this moment of like, what? How strict is the punish gonna, punishment punishment going to be? Are the Astros going to be stripped of their World Series win? Like all this kind of debate. And a bunch of teams were pissed off. Well, I mean, they lost the World Series last year. They'd won the World Series the year before, I should say, because they um, lost to the to Washington last year, but they'd beaten the Dodgers. For example, the Dodgers were the probably the best team in baseball the year before, and they knocked the Dodgers out. So, like, the Dodgers are really pissed about it because the Dodgers basically feel like they stole the World Series from them. Um, but, yeah, no, so it's it's kind of a an interesting one. And in the end, they weren't really punished that severely. Like, a bunch of people – a bunch of executives and stuff and the, all the coaches lost their jobs, but fundamentally apart from that, nothing really happened. Uh, and so this is going to be the interesting one. Um, and also in the early parts of the season and the preseason, basically opposing teams just threw at the hitters. So they would just peg them with the ball as their like form of wow. individually dishing out punishment. But yeah, now we're going to see if they win the world series again, I'm sure if, um, you know anyone like the commissioner or anyone running baseball like major league baseball has anything to do with it and they're going to just hope that the astros are eliminated from this playoffs as quickly as possible thus eddie would like to see them go far (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean if you're not going to properly punish them you deserve to be punished yourself all
0: right and then the last series number five new york yankees versus number four cleveland indians i'm gonna go with the Yankees here. Hope they get back into their Bronx Bombers way and just belt a home runs to win this series.
2: Yeah, this is a tough one because obviously, like part of me wants to take the Indians. Um, I've enjoyed quite a few days at, at Progressive Field. You know, nice. How could I ever forget buying ice cream or uh, nachos out of a out of a kid's baseball helmet? But um, that being said,
0: the funny thing is, is now that I've looked at it, it's actually a adult sized normal baseball no, helmet. No, no, but no, Eddie's no, no, head no. is no. so big <laughs> I've seen, I've seen <laughs> that would make you like. That but no, no. Eddie's head is so massive that it made it seem like a child side helmet. But when you put it on me, it was actually big. It was like wobbly <laughs> on my head. Missy, it covered her whole head. <laughs> all you he, he could see from Missy was like nose down. Oh yeah, but Missy Eddie, looked, it like... looked like Eddie. It looked like that mini top hat you put on, like when they put on like the the frog it when he's that, like dancing.
2: They put it on a bear. And they put like a hat on a bear. Missy looked like Missy looked like the Darth Vader character from Spaceballs, but yeah. Just with the... <laughs> but no,
0: when um... Eddie got it, he was like, um, "I asked for the adult helmet." <laughs> and the person was like, "It is the adult helmet, you big head." <laughs> really aggressive.
1: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> they got yeah, They go really aggressive about their sizes.
2: In yeah. fairness, I've got a I've got a big head story from that relates to Cleveland and a Cleveland Indians hat but I do not have it from progressive field. But, um, yeah, the Yankees are stacked when it comes to their lineup, their batting lineup, and they have Cole from a pitching perspective. So even though they ended the season really badly, I'm going to take the Yankees.
0: All right. So pencil those in, and we'll check back in at baseball at the end of the first round. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because we won't be talking much about that.
2: Nope next monday no. they'll have to make the picks i guess it. Will, but did you see
0: will be done i guess the cool thing yeah did you see that there's no rest at all do you see that they're like playing straight through yeah there's no rest days it's pretty crazy
2: and i think also too that's the only nice thing you know like i'm not super into baseball i still enjoy watching it and i'll, I'll watch the world series and like deciding games in the playoffs and stuff and occasionally watch it during the regular season but only when i'm kind of bored and it's nice in the background it's nice with the playoff approach where the games are like back to back to back kind of like we've talked about with the other playoff games So you're going to get a game on like during the day that you can put on and watch with like something you know you're kind of invested in it because at least it's a playoff game so at least there's that
0: yeah so like what tuesday it officially starts but then wednesday is the first full slate and you have a game at basically 12 1 2 3 5 7 and 10. So if you're a baseball enthusiast, this is this is your glory day.
2: <laughs> I mean, has anyone ever said too much baseball before? I don't think so, but we're we're going to see if it's Yeah, they that. have.
0: When it was a 162 game season. <laughs> yeah. So before we wrap up, anything else you guys looking to cover?
2: I mean, I guess there's two major things from the world of sport in a way um from the from the past, well from the weekend. Obviously in the Premier League you had Manchester City losing to Leicester. Not only losing, but losing 5-2 at home. Um, that Shout out, kind Jamie of little, Vardy. Yeah, Jamie Vardy hat-trick, he's, sadly. He's not listening. Frank, he's not listening. Frank, Frank didn't tip the Jamie Vardy plus two this week. Can't um, do it every week. Or maybe I uh, can. He's just that good. Yeah, it seems like you probably should have been doing it. I, I mean, City gave away three penalties, all of which were awful penalties. Um, they actually played pretty well for the opening sort of twenty minutes. I mean, they could have mm-hmm. easily been up by a few goals, and then they just fell apart defensively. They are so bad yeah it's when Guardiola came to uh England, I was a kind of guardiola skeptic because I thought the way that he set teams up to play kind of wouldn't work in England with either the pace of counter attacking football or just the physicality that teams would would press them with. And he obviously was tremendously successful, but it kind of feels like teams are figuring them out a bit. And that combined with the fact that they also have awful defenders um, means that, I mean, you just can't trust them at the back.
1: Yeah, that was exactly my point. I think think that game in particular was an example of them getting found out. I mean, Leicester are already a really good team at counterattacking, but three penalties... And they're just, they were just bad penalties to give away. It was just really basic from a team that we were tipping up to be you know, 90-plus points, etc. It, it was such well, a weird game to watch. They're
2: also about to, right? They're bringing in um, Diaz from Benfica for £60 million yeah, pounds as another central defender, which will take Guardiola's spending on defenders to over £400 million pounds since he's gone to Manchester City. Wow.
0: That's crazy. Wow.
2: Yeah. And I don't know if he has a good one yet. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a little bit harsh because Laporte is good. But with the exception of Laporte, it's just difficult to see. I mean, he's he's wasted so much money on fullbacks. And basically all he has is fullbacks that are quite good going forward but can't defend.
1: Mm.
2: And, I mean, they desperately need a partner for Laporte and they need Laporte to be fit and healthy and fit. available. Yeah. So... But it, so in a way too, go. Go ahead. When away too, right, we touched on when Liverpool didn't look good against Leeds and, and sort of, we said, you know, I, I, the thing that worried me in a way is that Liverpool will not look good and they find a way to win. And then City yesterday looked good for a little bit, then looked awful and they were absolutely hammered So for their prospects of winning the league. I mean, you don't want to overreact after what no, yeah. is two league games for them, but it's uh, not a great sign.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, this batch of Premier League games has just been weird overall. I mean, the, the West Brom Chelsea 3 all was the first draw of the Premier League. And what was that, like the 19th game maybe or something yeah, like something that, whatever yeah, it was. And, and it was the
0: West Brom-Chelsea match. I don't yeah, know. Was, of All the games you are going to predict for the draw. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then also, like, home teams weren't winning. Um, they were conceding constantly. Like, uh, and that was interesting because a lot of people were saying that the reason that's happening is because home teams just have no advantage anymore. But that doesn't mean that away teams should be pounding them as much as they are. It's strange that people are just leaking goals at the moment. And I think the playing at home has no effect anymore. You don't really have this fortress mentality, which is why Leicester can go and spank Man City, you know, with five and you're seeing all these away teams at the moment scoring three goals pretty easily. It's um, yeah, I think you're going to start to see those over 2.5 odds on bet. Three, six, five, et cetera, start really coming in.
2: I also think the other issue too, right. It's just the lack of a preseason. And so you've, and particular for, for a team like City, this is their preseason now. So the fact that they've had to kick their preseason off with a match against Wolves and then playing Leicester, you know, two top eight teams. Yeah. It's not exactly how you want to try and find your feet. And then you're trying you're having to play maybe players. I mean, you know, they've had to play players not in their ideal positions or they're missing key players in, in big areas of the field. Mm. And yeah, it's just not... I'm sure they'll get better. So I think some people are overreacting a little bit to it by saying, like, oh, wow, City looked bad. It's like, well, it's just one result against actually, yeah. you know, Leicester look good this year. So,
1: yeah. We'll look back and it won't mean much. It might be the reason they lose the title or something like that. But ultimately, it'll be, it's a freak result at the start of the season. Um, one thing that did was, man, you look terrible again. <laughs> they, but I think Man
2: United right too. It's the... Thing it's the same with city united are going through their preseason right now as well
1: you know at least
2: the teams that didn't play european football in august they got to get to get you know they were together a little bit beforehand they played some more preseason matches you know these united and city players have basically you know sort of had a quick break after playing european football and now they're right back at it
1: Mm. but man city looked good against wolves um I think it's just a really erratic football season at the moment. I, I it, it's just confusing. People are scoring goals for fun. Funnily enough the um the Sheffield United uh, Leeds game, so the Yorkshire derby, obviously <laughs> sounded terrible on paper and everyone was like you really needed fans for that to be any sort of interesting derby for anyone and it kind of showed really. I mean that was pretty poor but Uh, The interesting one for me is Chelsea as well, because obviously they were applauded for their 3-1 win or whatever it was against uh, Brighton at the start of the season saying, oh, this is excellent. This is exactly it. And they've had two really bad performances um, in the last couple of games. So um, a lot of people are now overreacting about the fact that Chelsea now have bought too many players and they're not gelling and they don't really have that identity of um, team roles and individual roles. And so now people are obviously saying that Chelsea are going to have a terrible season.
2: Yeah. I mean, and even people just analyzing the people they have bought, right? Like Havertz, who's not been off to a quick start. People are saying is a flop, you know, and that he's not good enough for the Premier League, which three matches in, it's just so silly. There's the number of players who have a bad, even full first season and then fine form. The interesting thing with Chelsea is going to be Abramovich does not give managers long. So if, if they do have a bad run of 10, 15 matches, you know, is Lampard gone? Even though he's the sort of Chelsea golden boy.
1: I think with the money, uh, that's going to add more pressure. That'll give him less games. Yeah, I I don't see him being fired. Unless it,
0: I mean, how poorly is poorly?
2: Say if they are sixth, even if they're just sixth and clearly not top four midway through the season. You know, he wants Champions League football. That's... So yeah. just to accept that he spent, spent all that money and they're not even getting top four.
1: I would say as a minimum, they have to win 10 of those 15 games, maybe even more. Like that's the kind of pressure that I think Lampard probably has now because it's all well and good having this kind of like, so Arsenal this season can say like Arteta first season. Um, you can kind of give them that, but Lampard had that and he's then just gone out and spent like 300 million. Um I think they kind of have to, he has to deliver now really in a way with that kind of level of signing. The only guarantee in the Premier League is Fulham are 100% getting relegated.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think even West Brom, you know, the fact that they blew a 3-0 lead is not a good sign for them. I also thought it was interesting. I was sort of looking at the live odds. They were 3-0 up with, you know, I don't know when did. Chelsea scored their first goal, half an hour to go, something like that.
1: It was like 55 minutes or something, yeah.
2: Yeah, West Brom was like 1-5 to five to win just before the goal went in. So the level of confidence <laughs> that they weren't going to concede three goals was not high. <laughs> I mean, when Chelsea pegged it back to 3-2, Chelsea went like 1-2 to two favorites to win the match. So wow. that was to score two goals yeah. in 10 minutes or whatever.
1: I mean, the the difference here, though, is at least West Brom, if they're going to get relegated, which they probably will, at least they're scoring goals. Like, Fulham don't look like they're going to score more than one a game at the moment, apart from that Leeds crazy comeback what a month, for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and the other big talking point for the weekend was Newcastle's late penalty against Spurs and another incident where VAR oh. intervened. And it is a accurate interpretation of the handball law as it is written now but to me it just becomes more like more and more clear every week that that handball law is totally ludicrous and has to be
1: changed yeah did you see it frank yeah i did i mean he's he's not even he's it's not only that he's not looking because he's like maybe like at a slight angle or something like that he literally is looking the other way (laughs) <laughs> not only
0: is he I looking he, the other way but it was i mean it was it wasn't as if the ball was kicked to him and he wasn't looking the other way i mean he it's a, a header right next to him he, i mean even if he was looking how how much time do you even have to react if you were watching what happened yeah you know like it was right there well, you had the And one- the fact that he's right there and he's not looking it's impossible
2: You had the one in the Palace United game, too, where the ball was kicked onto, I think it was Lindelof's hand from point-blank range and also given a penalty, and his arm was just in a natural running position. I mean, honestly, if I were a Premier League manager at this point, I would start to instruct my players, if you get in the penalty area, aim for arms. Because from point blank range, if you see someone's hand a little bit out now, obviously that's kind of hard to do, but the logic of just smashing the ball into groups of players thinking, look, if someone yeah. just happens, this just, it can deflect off multiple people and clip a hand and there you go, you've got yourself a penalty. So, I mean, Sam Allardyce must be thinking, gosh, these are, these laws are perfect for my angel
1: passes and uh, <laughs> my old school <laughs> tactics. Yeah. Yeah, but this, this VAR is a joke. And the thing is, like, both of those 100% wouldn't have been given without VAR. They would have been the accidental, you know, like ball to hand kind of thing. And they just wouldn't have been given. And now we're just doing this very literal thing where, where if it flicks off your hand or... What annoyed me about the Man U one was that when they were showing the VAR, they had condensed it to the point where it didn't show Lindelof running. It looks like he's lifting his arm. Yeah. So I actually he's think sticking, that yes. they're... Yeah, they're cutting the video length to a point where it's actually influencing the decision. Like, you you add two seconds beforehand, he's running.
2: I'm a big believer that in all slow motion replays in every sport, the people watching them should only be allowed to watch them in real time. Because I think that once you slow things down, everything looks worse. You know, you start to be able to think, you know, you, like you watch this slow motion replay of a handball and you think, oh, he's moved his hand. And you've forgotten the fact that, no, that ball was kicked from three meters away from him and the ball has literally arrived on him in a split second. Or yeah. even in football, the same, like American football, the same idea sometimes. when pass be, interference. Yeah, it was a big one. And, yeah. And you're like, this is a split second. Or a guy may be even... Um, like roughing the passer, all these sorts of things. Even sometimes the helmet to helmet contact where like a, a player has like started to slide and the guy's going in for a tackle at what it would have been a normal height, but now he's sliding. He had to somehow pull up and you're just like, there are these yeah. moments where you need to see it in real time. And obviously there's plenty of, you know, offenses in real time, but it's just one of those moments where like, if it's not clear and obvious in at full speed, just leave it.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the only time you should ever be able to slow down is if you're looking at um, like a position of something. For instance, like did the ball cross the line or is the yeah. player offside? Something like that. It's the only time you should be able to slow it down yeah. for that for that
1: instantaneous like at yeah. that point. But but also what it's doing is it's bringing in that annoying like player screaming for every- everything, because there's no consistency yeah. with referees going too far in the first place. And so all you're going to do now is the second you think it's someone's hand, you, every single player just goes up, starts screaming for VAR, and the referee might be peer pressured into reviewing it. And then you're like, great, it hit his arm. It yeah. doesn't matter anymore. It's a penalty. So it's going to bring in a real nasty thing.
2: And also the bad thing too is, assist so someone like me who watches championship level football, which doesn't have VAR, you still see that kind of trickling down into the way people play. So you'll see an incident and then everyone's screaming for handball. And you're just like, it obviously wasn't handball. Like the referee is not going to award this, but because they, you know, either they've played in a, in a, in a uh, league or in a tournament that has VAR. So that's kind of, they've thought of doing it. You've now got people doing it in a way where it's like, well, no, obviously in, in a normal match in under normal circumstances, this would not be awarded. It might also be worth us saying, just because once again we've got a live event going on whilst we're doing this. Oh and, uh, yeah, I've just seen it. Liverpool have gone three-one up against Arsenal, so
1: yeah, it's pretty incredible that this game hasn't been like seven-three. Uh, Liverpool have just dominated. It's been crazy. But I'll take credit to Arsenal here that they didn't concede five like they usually do. In well, it's game. the
2: start too. Remember, we th- we said. Uh, this is the litmus test of the Duke of Curse on the shoes. And first up, they have been absolutely smashed.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <Next> just cutting
2: <laughs> that encouraging and meanwhile as i pointed out to frank frank has jumped shipped and ship and abandoned blackburn right up until now he'd been wearing a bradley deck shoe oh i didn't
0: i didn't i didn't abandon blackburn i actually check in on every match that apparently blackburn doesn't have their own sponsor deals with to make custom shoes you need to get out of the fucking lower divisions to get shoe I deals
2: i think they probably didn't <laughs> even realize that was a thing that's the issue <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: because to be perfectly honest until you bought them i didn't know that was a thing
1: <laughs> yeah collaborations i didn't know were a thing <laughs> like i saw it on arsenal's instagram and then all of a sudden you were like i've got some shoes being shipped i was like what
2: <laughs> yeah no uh, but blackburn going from strength to strength top goal scorers in the uh in the championship to impressive victories two clean sheets on the bounce adam armstrong top goal scorer you know, just could this be the year that uh, Rovers find their way back to the to the Premier League? Do you um, think it's so? nice? Coming into the season, I did not think that their chances of promotion were very high. And that's coming off I mean, they weren't too far off the playoffs last season. And if they hadn't had injuries to Bradley Dack and Lewis Holtby at the back end of the season, I don't think they I think they would have been in the playoffs. I think just if Bradley Dak had been fit for the second half of the season, they would have made the playoffs, not gone up. If Bradley Dak it. had been fit all season, they might have made the playoffs.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, that's true. Um, that being said, uh, the football they're playing now, I mean, it's three matches, right? So I don't want to overreact.
1: Yeah, and you
2: Uh, lost one of them. Yeah, but to Bournemouth in a very good, close match. And you have to assume that Bournemouth are a top-six team. And also, I'll throw in the League Cup match against Newcastle, in which Newcastle also only barely... They won 1-0, so... um, Or 2-1? 2-1. Anyway, um, won by a goal. Um, The... I mean, the style of football they're playing is just much, much better. Lewis Holtby is suddenly playing in a central midfield role in a way that he hadn't been used before. And he's gone from looking like a sort of medium sort of average championship quality player to now the player who was once playing for Spurs and playing champions league football. I mean, he looks, Blackburn Rover supporters are excited about it. He looks like a new version of two guy and he put on his Instagram because, uh, Lewis Holtby likes eating his favorite restaurant in, uh, Manchester is this Turkish restaurant. He goes and eats there several times a week and he always posts the food that he gets from there. And uh, obviously he's noticed that some Blackburn Rovers supporters have started saying that he's reminding them of 2Guy. So this week when he went to... Because he's eating eating
1: Turkish food.
2: No, that (laughs) isn't why he reminds his style.
1: Oh my God, I I know someone that ate Turkish food.
2: (laughs) You moron. No, his style of play is kind of reminding them that. So he went and ate at the Turkish restaurant on... Uh, yesterday and then he said oh that meal's got me feeling like and then he posted a picture of two guy afterwards so he's obviously heard the uh comparisons
1: nice like the stereotypical links skid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well blackburn have a strong you know blackburn have had several turkish players it's not just two guy had hakan unsal who is most famous for being the player the left back that rev- that kicked the ball at rivaldo in the 2002 world cup
1: oh with the dive Exactly. Yeah.
2: So they had they had and incel and they also had and Sukar for a while.
1: I I I knew about and sukar
2: <laughs> So uh, as far as Premier League teams with Turkish ties, I Blackburn are probably the number one.
1: <laughs> so they're your Turkish delights, so they, Eddie? Wow, that's what two guys was called. <laughs> <on, so>
2: <laughs> and uh, I've got two other items on the agenda. One, I've got a little quiz. Question for you, just a quick one. This weekend saw Ryan Moore win his first career race at a certain race course in the United Kingdom. Musselburgh.
1: Oh, damn. <laughs> Frank is correct. What a shit course that is up in Scotland. <laughs> yep.
2: And he won on a one to four shot.
1: <laughs> also, well done for calling it Musselburgh as well, not Musselburg. As an American, oh, I am Edinburgh. I'm, yeah, Edinburgh. I enjoyed my holiday in Edinburgh. <laughs> I love it just sounds nasty Musselberg.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
1: no, uh I, I,
0: it, that that popped up all over my Instagram, Eddie. Wow. You know, b- being the huge Ryan Moore better. fan I am, I get alerts when Ryan Moore does something spectacular. Well, like, like winning t- at Musselbro
1: <laughs> or yeah. talks. Yeah. Out of, out of, <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, any
0: any interview, I get instantly sent to my, to my email.
1: <laughs> when he holds a conversation, you get a Twitter alert.
2: <laughs> yep. And the only other uh, major topic, obviously we kind of spoke about it a little bit, but the French Open is underway uh, under unusual conditions that several of the players are not really enjoying because obviously it's normally played in uh, sort of May, June, early summer, and now being played in late summer, early autumn, fall. And uh, players are complaining about the cold. Oh,
1: poor players. They wanted Aww. a nice time in f- France. Uh, they've all I complained
2: did... about it. And uh, also they've changed the balls. They're, they're using a new Wilson ball for the, uh,
1: the French ball. Open. Bowling balls. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> it is interesting to watch, though, because the thing is clay court season normally is played, it's a summer season, like spring summer season. It's yeah. normally played in hot conditions, in hot locations for the most part. Um and it's interesting because the damper, colder conditions do mean that the ball is traveling much more slowly. It's noticeable to see the difference on a surface that already you get long rallies.
1: I did um, see that longest match. Uh what was it? The six hour match. Yeah. And what was impressive about that was it was six hours long, but the first set was six love. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> How long was that final set when you had a breezed through first set?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, right? Because Nadal, the situ- for Nadal, these are not ideal conditions for him. Because for a player putting uh, sort of heavy topspin on the ball, which is kind of the real thing, Nadal's forehand on clay is so deadly. And now you're putting him in a situation where the damp and moist conditions, I mean, he's not going to get quite the same action off the ball. Um, so it's it's if Nadal has ever been really vulnerable at Roland Garros this is the most vulnerable that he's going to be so it is going to be interesting to see um you know if so he's still Nadal unsure. is at
0: his most vulnerable when it's moist did I sum up what you just said properly
2: <laughs> yeah there we go that's that's that that's the headline <laughs> and uh no, i mean, all it's, concerned <laughs> it's moist <laughs> it's 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 11, 11 o'clock right now local time for me right and they are they're still playing so they are because they're playing under lights in and they've got the new uh covered um stadium stands so they're just going to pack these matches in in conditions that probably players you know don't normally want to be playing at 11 midnight um with relatively quick turnarounds in in Grand slams in tennis, so it is going to be interesting to see. But Nadal's favorite, halop's favorite on the women's side, Frank's old favorite. So, Simona, <laughs> yeah, I think you have
0: to stick with the favorites. Well, especially Nadal. I mean, you can't, I couldn't go against Nadal until otherwise.
2: Yeah, I think you're brave. Um, yeah. Until he loses, until you, until he really looks now, maybe over the course of the tournament, maybe he'll start to look, um, you know, sort of more beatable. And that might change my mind because obviously you're not going to see him lose before the quarterfinals or semifinals. Anyway, he's not going to lose to a sort of relatively low seated player. That's never going to happen. So, Why well, I say, you know, it would be a, a real stunner. Um, so he might be, worth taking on maybe in the semifinal or the final if he's not looking great. Halep, the women's side is a little bit tougher because you don't have that kind of same dominant force as you do with Nadal, but Halep won two of the the warm-up clay tournaments um, in the build-up to this. So she deserves her, her place as favorite, um, but you never know. Anyone could win it on the women's side. And obviously Serena Williams is chasing. Um, the interesting one here is if Nadal wins it, he ties... Federer for, with 20 grand slam titles. Uh, so that's kind of an interesting one. If he doesn't win this one, it starts to become difficult to see it maybe overtaking Federer. I think it's crazy that
0: you have that stat and they played at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like I, it's, it's, it's crazy to me that they have each won so many majors or grand slams, but like at the same, like com- with still competing against each other, right? You know, and I guess you ha- even have Djokovic in there for a decent amount of it.
2: Yeah. So and you- Andy Murray, have- one of you. I mean, Andy Murray is yeah. the big loser in that equation because yeah. in another era, yeah, and- well, he's just a loser in general. <laughs> but in another era, Andy Murray would have won several more Grand Slams and players like Veverinka and stuff. Like there's people yeah. who would sit there and think in another era, they would have really had a very different looking career.
1: Yeah. Djokovic being hard court specialist, that's ties up US and Australia and then Federer being grass court Nadal being clay like Murray was just kind of uh, unable to crack either one of those kind of kings of those kind of uh, courts so
2: yeah But yeah, I guess uh, we'll see what happens we'll be able to maybe take a little closer look at that as well as our obviously our NFL picks on Thursday Um, and And our uh, arc preview preview.
1: yeah
0: yeah all right well with that boys good night and good luck (laughs) see you
1: cheer